Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shanam, Mr. Rob, and Zane. Today we have Sweet LD from the legendary group Oaktown 357. What's up, sis? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. What's going on? I read that you were born in, in, in Texas and it looks like you're back in Texas now. How'd you find your way to, to the Bay Area? I was born in Texas. I was born in Houston, Texas. So at the age of six, my mom decided to leave my dad. <laughs> she drove uh, myself and uh, my two brothers uh, across the country to California. So we were raised in Oakland. Okay. So what brought you back to area? That's how I got there. What brought, um, you back, what brought you back to Texas? My mom. Okay. <laughs> Oh man! Shout out to Wow! I said, Mama got her hand on the wheel. She's steering the ship, huh? Yeah, she's still steering the ship. So, um, the reason we came back was for my grandparents. Her parents. She had to help them because they were getting older. Someone, I think it was. I'm trying to remember. My grandmother, my grandfather's wife had Alzheimer's, so he was having a hard time with her. So my mom had been, you know, trans, uh, traveling back and forth to take care of them. And finally, she was like, let's just move back. I was like, no. So I'm here. Mm-hmm. I've been here since 99. So it is what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah you know, a you good spoke, you, spoke, <laughs> you spoke about your mom. Your mom is the reason why yes. you're in the poetry. Talk about your poetry book you've been writing. Oh, she is. Okay, I love my mom. Y'all don't get me wrong. I just didn't want to come to Texas. But um, <laughs> no, she is the reason behind <laughs> I'm serious. But she is the reason behind the book. I was not going to do a book. That's just not something I was into doing. But I have a friend, Simone Montgomery. She owns um, Girl Me Too. So she does a lot of um, collaborative poetry books. So that's how I got into it. She reached out to me and um, invited me to be part of one of the books she started, which was Pinning My Way Off Life Support, dope book. So I contributed to that. um, And then I think there was another one. And once I did the second one, she was like, are you ready to do your book? So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's do one for the family. Um, So that would be for my mom, my children, uh, my husband, just about 10 books, you know, printed out, let everybody have one, that's it. Um, and I was okay with that. That's safe to me. You know, you right. do a few and everybody has this thing that you've accomplished and they can see you did it. But once the book was completed, um, her instructions, Simone Montgomery, I'm put her on blast. Her instructions to me were to take a picture with the book and say, hey, I'm taking pre-orders. I'm like, wait, pump your brakes. That's not, that's not what we're doing. So, yeah, that's how that came to be. So now I'm working on the second book. So I'm, I'm blessed. Yeah, blessed, blessed, blessed. The mom put it up in my head because she kept saying, do a book, do a book. So that was also um, important to me was to have something done for my mom before either of us pass away. So got that done. Mm-hmm. So we, in, we in the unfortunate situation with the, uh, with the pandemic going on. What are, I guess, like one or two of the most trying uh situations that you had to go through personally that you would you know like to share mm, let's see trying 
No, like, no, like, was it was it more like like faith based, like God, why me? What, why is this stuff going on? Or, you know, different no, it was, it was, but... no, it was never God, why me? I felt like, mm-hmm. um, on one hand, you you are being exposed not just to um, other people, but most importantly to yourself, because mm-hmm. now you can't run around being busy with being busy and not productive. So there's no justifiable distractions. There's no, um, let me make this a distraction. It's none of that. We we just have to sit here and tough it out. So that was a real um, eye opener for me to have to sit still because I have an issue with sitting still um, and figuring things out. I just have to, I do, I, I walk a lot, even in the house, it's back and forth, walking, picking up, cleaning up, doing something, just constantly moving. So that was like, now I'm in the house with all these people. My husband's at home, my children are at home. And we were staying, well, my mother-in-law was living here with us. So that's why I laughed, because that was a whole nother, um, <laughs> whole nother, a whole nother game. So uh, between the internal, external, figuring it out and trying to find balance and being okay with you can't do that and making sense of not being able to go outside like dude I can't go outside why why we can't go outside the outside gonna get us you know I'm having this conversation with people like are y'all serious right now the sun is out there trees are out there like we good let's go outside and do a little something so it was that and then um yeah, just having to be here with everybody. And, and we're blessed, to be honest. We can get along. We can fight, and then we'll be fine in a few hours. But having my husband's mother here, oh, my Lord, have mercy. That's a whole other dynamic, right? Listen, listen. <laughs> hey, you might, you, might, you might be able to turn that into a possible show. You never know now. Might be a blessing in the sky. No, ma'am. No, I'm sorry. No, sir. I'm no. She's in her, she's in her own apartment now. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Let's keep it. I got so I'm, I don't need that in my life. I'm like, yeah. Let's do something else. <laughs> Old Town 357 kind of reminded me of, of like a West Coast version of Salt and Pepper. Uh, was that intentional? Okay. And if not, who were your musical influences? Um, it was not intentional. I, I I don't think that was intentional. Um, and then again, who knows what Hammer was thinking in that big brain of his. Uh, but that didn't seem to be the intention when he said he wanted a female hip-hop group. He just wanted to have, I guess, the female likeness of himself. It's the best way I can explain it. Um, but it's... <laughs> Uh, it just so happened that we kind of, because the West Coast did not have a female hip-hop group to represent right. the West Coast, we just kind of became likened to Salt and Pepper. Um, but my, my musical influences were all R&B and funk. I mean, it was Shaka Khan, it was Graham Central Station. My cousin was actually a member of Graham Central Station, Sly Stone, uh, Main Ingredient, People like that because my, that's who my mom listened to, you know, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, Confront, all of those kind of R&B type, but music. I mean, I just love music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all these were 
Mm. Oh, he's the good. I guess I'm telling my age. <laughs> not, 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 not too much, cause we, we, we all live together too. <laughs> For real, man. Now y'all probably still babies. That's okay. I'm not a baby. I'm probably so still I, baby. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm no baby over here. <laughs> okay, okay, I got you. What's the yes, you know back back then? So much was going on. I mean, Hammer, Hammer just he ruled. He was just ruling the airways when he started. But what's the biggest thing you missed about the 90s music? Um, the variety. The variety of sound, the variety of artists, the variety of, um, the diversity of how everybody looked. We weren't all trying to look alike. We weren't all trying to sound alike. We weren't dancing alike. I mean, you know, dances are fluid. It's gonna cross pollinate from different groups and stuff like that, but it wasn't, um, like we're gonna deliberately copy someone else. You know what I mean? Right. So it was just a different um, vibe back then. So, yeah. I mean, you had NWA and Digital Underground, like that, like, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, so, right. I don't know where that is today, but I think that to me is what I miss the most. It's just having yeah. diversity, yeah. It, it, was, it was a lot more female artists too, from Light to Queen Latifah, Moni, I mean, Yes. This goes yes. on, man. Everyone, yes. everyone was very different too. Yo, well, how yes. do you feel? Yeah, about I mean, this? how you how you feel about this term? Um, women artists are never allowed. They're they're never allowing one female superstar at a time. In a male-dominated area where you have so many male superstars, how do you feel about them keeping one female at a time who's a, who's a superstar versus a male? in the male-dominated area where it's like 10, 12 of them at the same time. Um, wow. Let me see. Let me see, let me see. Maybe today, maybe today that's the case as far as hip-hop goes. I don't think that's the case with R&B. It's definitely not the case with country. Uh, um, Everybody needs uh, But... Maybe with hip hop a little, uh, yeah. Because right now I think I can mention um, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, is it the City Girls, right. Nicki Minaj, and even Nicki Minaj is kind of quiet right now. But you have at least you know those four to kind of mention. I apologize if I'm missing someone else, but yeah, back in the day there was way more. There was way more women, um, and they had a, more of a presence. I mean, you had Foxy Brown, Lil Kim. Uh, Eve, Trina, us, Nikki D, like you said, Moni Love, Queen Latifah, MC Like It was like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Amadea, you know, Raw Digger, you had Yo Yo. Yeah, yeah it was like a lot, but right now, it's, I don't know what that is. I really just don't. And, and it could be just that some of the women that are out now are so underground that they haven't been able to, you know, come up, up and through. You know, I think they're there, but it's just not that mainstream visual that we see all the time. And then no, no radio airplay. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I really feel like the, um, that almost like the Little Kim and Foxy Brown era sort of ushered in, like, a level of uh, separateness in terms of creating the dynamic that Rob is talking about, like there could only be one. Because 
the one great we got one great record from them together when they was on the total remix but the potential for them right now even where they are in their career if they were to do a project together it would take both of their careers probably to a whole nother level but there was there always seemed like there was a rift between foxy brown and little kim and then for some reason like that rift continued on from generation to generation like now you see cardi b and Nicki minaj they don't they not really on the same page and that, to me, that sort of created the dynamic of almost like it, it could only be one female on top at a time, kind of thing. What do you think about that? I, I think this. I think that's control. I, I just think um, somebody else is feeding into that. Mm-hmm. Somebody else is feeding the perception that there cannot be but one. You know what I'm saying? At a time, mm-hmm. um, because they're not going to get along. That's that's bull. You know what I'm saying? That's somebody's creating that perception. So it creates the visuals with the audience or whoever their fans are or whoever the radio, you know, it, that's not real. It, because to right. me, for them to even be in the same conversation in a sentence or have their videos on YouTube at the same time or have a song or a record on the radio at the same time shows you it doesn't matter. There's enough money, there's enough ears, there's enough interest. You know what I'm saying? So somebody else is feeling like, oh, we can't have, you know, because they're not going to get along. They can't do. Megan and Cardi just did a song together. This is powerhouses. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Was it WAP and something else? Yeah, did yeah. WAP and another song or was it just WAP? I think just WAP. I thought they did two songs. Just WAP? Okay, yeah, so yeah. still, it's a major song. You know what I'm saying? So if they can do it, if Cardi can be on the same song, with, um, oh God, what is her name? I see her face, but I can't think of her. Kalani? Is it Kalani? Kalani? Kalani, yeah. And so, yeah, she did a song with Kalani and um, I forget who else. Cardi been working with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yes. Nicki Minaj pretty pretty much worked with everybody and some of them were females. So I I just think that for hip hop, it is something that has worked um, to create the interest and to keep that going. And it's, I don't have an issue with none of these women. None. I could care less. Y'all do your thing. Be fabulous. Love you. You're beautiful, sis. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's not going to stop me. You know what I'm saying? You know? Yeah. That's my thing. I don't know. I think yeah. that's a great point that, you, that, you, that the three of y'all brought up before this uh, comment because if you notice, like, now everything's just like over sexual back then like when y'all was out like the ladies back then their talent was actually bigger than the image don't get me wrong like y'all are all you know the the, the beautiful group Mm -hmm. but the talent was that 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 main that main uh foundation Mm -hmm. so but now it's like everything is just like to the to the tenth power as far as like women wearing you know, just too much flesh. People are doing things for shock value, man. And right. Attention but back then, they was wearing like, like the, 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 the baggy, the baggy, the baggy yeah. overalls or whatever, and still doing your thing. But also, you know, y'all, you have videos with your wall like spandex and stuff like that. Yeah, but the you're still with the tight leggings. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. leggings and stuff, but you yeah. still kept it classy. You know, so yeah, yeah. But I just, I just think now it's like <laughs> the way it's going. I see in another five years. I mean, they, 
they're gonna be practically naked. You know? Well, so, so, I mean, but they're practically naked now. Here's, here's the thing that I would say. I think that each each female comes into the embracing of their sexuality at different times. And their lives, mm-hmm. right? In their lives. And sometimes that's right as their career is taking off. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they feel very good about themselves. It's like, well, I feel good about myself. So I can show my breasts because you can't control me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or right. I feel good about myself. I don't have to show my breasts because you can't control me. You know what I'm saying? I think Lil Kim had pasties on or very, very thin bikini top yeah. and bikini pants with yeah. a little fur pullover, you know, um, yeah. boa robe. Uh, for me, we had an outfit that I cannot to this day stand it. I, it's, I don't even know how. I let them talk me into putting that old ugly piece of stuff on. Forgive me to the designer. But we had a one-piece outfit. I think it was turquoise and green or something like that. But it was a one-piece bodice that they had made. And then on the side, there were holes cut along the side. On the side. Yeah, on each side. I literally hated that outfit. But I put it on, I'm like, oh my God. And once you put it on, the idea was just to have like peekaboo holes. Right. On on the sides, like maybe peekaboo. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, because once we put it on, yeah, it expanded because the butt is, you know, the hips. Oh, so, listen, we had to perform. Huh? You know what's funny what that you said that because there was a lot of there was a lot of female rappers. That came out with uh-huh. that same that same outfit. If not, it was it was also a little bit. But I remember them wearing that. They had that like, still to this day. They wear it in videos. Yeah, you got to figure this was like I, way I, back then, but in the late eighties, they were doing it. But to be honest, I could not stand that outfit. And we picked it because yeah. we thought it would be cute. You show a little bit, you know, you get the little peekaboo hole, and there's just a little bit of skin on the side, a little bit of skin, you know, no big deal. But for whatever reason, that material was too giving. And so, oh, geez. And we had to perform in this bad boy. Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh. So sometimes you have wardrobe malfunctions that you don't intend that happens. Um, That was not our intent. I think Terrible C loved the outfit a little bit more than I did. But we we were blamed for being over-sexual at that time. Um, which was not our intent. Um, We came out with Hammer. The dancing was the focal point. The fact that we were cute was an addition to it. The fact that we could actually dance and keep up with them was a plus. We used biking shorts and tops for the practicality because some things are not as comfortable to dance in the way we were dancing. It couldn't handle the sweat. It couldn't handle the the extended time that we're dancing in it. So we use biker shorts because they don't show the sweat all the time. It was just perfect. And so people took that as if we were trying to be sexual and that was not it, you know what I mean? But it worked, It, it eventually worked. That got us in the door um, as Hammer's creating this group, um, idea for a female hip-hop group. He was trying to do hip-hop and R&B, auditioning women. It didn't really work out. He heard Lil P 
in the studio during rehearsal, we were just practicing his stuff and it was a break. So she's playing on the mic, but she's um, singing to uh, Salt and Pepper, just escaped me for a moment, but Salt and Pepper Tramp. So he was like, oh, wait a minute, you, you know, you got a little something. So he's trying to talk and mentor her and encourage her to, hey, let me work with you. You know, let's let's do this. And she's like, nah, I'm good. The only way I'm gonna do it is if, you know, Dewana and Tabitha do it with me, which is me, Sweet LD and Terrible T. So now we get pulled in, not knowing what the heck is going on. We got it. You know, you want to work with her. We got you want a female group, but what, what we doing, pal? So he's like, okay, this is what we gonna do, you know? What we doing is what we got. Okay. So we end up in the studio and Capital loves it. It works. We love it. We like, what? You know what I'm saying? So now it's all in. We're all in. We're making it work. We're having a good time. And it's still not an issue of um, being sexy, except for you're sexy for that time period in the 80s and 90s where the girls are wearing the fitted dresses. Okay. That was part of what the attire was for the late 80s and 90s. And then we did the, 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 um, the scene at the pool for yeah 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 and we put on bikinis took off at that point everybody's like oh my god you know what i'm saying so it brought a different um i guess look to us not being in the what is it two live crew type of bikini look right, right, but we're right, on the right. other side you know what i'm saying so like okay okay yes I, I like the song and they cute okay you know so we brought it in in a way that was not in your face today it's in your face I think they just took it to another level and it's literally in your face you know what I'm saying so that's the thing I think is the difference is that again we embraced it at a different time I really didn't get comfortable with mine until we did the song honey that's the that's when I became comfortable with mine. We did two, uh, Turn It Up and Honey. And I was like, okay, I'm a little, you know what I'm saying? But my sexuality was like, I don't want to wear this stuff. I don't want to be out there like that. I just think yeah. women are not allowed to have that because we want them to be respectful at all times. I wonder, I wonder. At though, all times. It seems, it seems like to me, like one of the things that I think that, um, that's very different now versus then also is that now sexy is categorized as almost like what Zane was saying, like that has to be exposure and stuff like that. But to me, like you don't have to be naked to be be sexy. And I don't know if every stylist or every person that's working with a group has the ability to actually, you know, to to see that and and determine and and understand that, look, you know, you don't have to be naked to be sexy. No, they do. Every stylist can understand this. Especially, yeah, if the um, artist can articulate it in that way, every stylist can can work with that artist. Because you have to look at someone like Moo Moo Fresh. I don't think she's ever shown any, you know, skin. You know what right. I'm saying? So if it, Queen Latifah, mm-hmm. did she mm-hmm. tried to, you know, so it's possible. I just think with record labels and like you said, stylists and all this, sometimes the artists, you fall into this um, box of what's supposed to happen. And so now we're going to push you like boys to men. You got the bow ties and you're looking really cute. And now we're going to take you up to the suits. And now we're going to take you up to the shirt with the you know, your chest exposed. So you have like this process and sometimes that happens as well. But if you have an artist like Queen Latifah and she's like, I, I don't need all that. 
Lauren Hill. I don't think she ever really I don't need all that. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, that's, that's not just part of the story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like that to me speaks to their sex appeal. Like what made Latifah sexy to people is like this is Queen Latifah. You know, she's this is a mother yeah. earth. This is do you do you yeah. feel do you feel as a female artist more pressure in terms of when it came to like um developing and cultivating your image than you think your male counterparts may have felt? For sure. For sure. It's it's easier to, as you guys are saying, oversexualize a woman than it is a man. It's easier. Because everybody wants to see her TNA. Shotgun. Nobody wants to see him all the time unless it's the imprint in his pants or that V like D'Angelo had where you just got that. Maybe you're going to get a peek of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Are they going to go that low? You know what I'm saying? But for women, you know, look at Tulane Crew. They love that. You know what I'm saying? So it is a lot of pressure. I remember for O-Town 357, the pressure came with, um, with Honey. And, um, it was it was okay as far as I was concerned lyrically it was okay but their intent with the video was to put it on uh why is it escaping me playboy the really? at, yeah after dark that was the intent oh. of real um I don't think it was the intent of Capitol Records per se but Louis Burrell had this idea that we were gonna put the um, video of honey we would uh film it in a way let me say them. The storyboard was that they would film it in a way that it would be played on Playboy After Dark. Well, I didn't understand that whole concept. I don't think Terrible T did either. You know, we just came in that day, we heard some things of what they wanted to do, pouring honey and, you know, whatever. Just whatever was considered Playboy sexual, you know what I'm saying? Right, and right. then change clothes and there's this whole rap wardrobe um, and everything is lingerie and one rack says terrible tea and one rack says sweet LD and I'm like well, well where's our clothes at so they wanted us to literally dress in lingerie for this video and so I'm freaking out because I have a son I'm, I'm the only parent at that time I had a son and I'm thinking about my mom I'm thinking about my brothers my brothers are younger than me God rest their soul they're both going to glory now but they were younger than me, but they were like, I already know what that conversation would have been. Yeah. So there was pressure to um, hurry up and make a decision with the lingerie, pick something and let's get going with the filming. And so I pretty much stopped it. I was like, I'm not wearing this. I'm not wearing this. This must be for the extra. It must be for somebody else, but I'm not wearing this. And I will never forget, I literally got cussed out on the phone um, by Louis Burrell, um, I, you know, people say, you know, don't put people on blast, da da da. But this is my experience, so right. it's not for me to protect someone or tear them through. That's what I went through. So when you talk right. about, do we feel pressure? Yes, yes. Because I was told I was a cancerous seed. You better put some on. We we brought all that stuff out there for you guys. That's what you have to wear. Da da da. Skippy. Okay. You should have put on a winter coat. Because I'm not wearing that. You should have put on a winter coat. And wrapped it up. You know what I'm saying? So we found a bodice. (laughs) But we found a bodice that I was not 
um, upset with, I can do it. And so if you notice now, a lot of women are wearing bodices, but that was a one piece. I think it had the shoulders to it. It had the whole, it was, it was dope. I think it was like black leather. I was like, okay. So I felt comfortable in that, but just to have the, uh, the lingerie, when I say lingerie, see-through, sheer. Yeah, that was that was that was BT after dark, Playboy after dark, soft porn. There you go. There you go. Yeah. They was trying to. They would. And 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 we're we're just in that 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 climate of shock value. How shocking can you make things and and, and get ratings by? But then there's no permission. Like there's no, right. no conversation between the record label or I say the managers at that time and the artists to say, are you comfortable? What do you have in mind? This is the idea we have. You know, what do you, how do you want to express this? It was no conversation. It was just like, this is what you're going to wear. And, you know, this is what you got to do. And I was like, no, not today, bro. Not today. And was that, was that conversation under the guise of this is what you need to do to sell records? No, this was under the guise of we um, tell you what to do and you do what we tell you to do without asking questions. That's, that's what I mentioned earlier. I that's, said, I mean, that's, that's the contract, right? That's the jar, that's the verbiage in, in the contract, little intricate details, right? That they got to comb through and stuff, right? Well, I, I, I want to be honest. We don't know what was in the contract, but the way we were treated is like that's what was said in the contract. Yes. Right. And so when you ask questions or you give some pushback or you want to tell yourself or tell them, hey, this is what we need to do, then it's like, oh, we, we, um, we've already made a decision. This is what y'all gonna do, blah, 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 blah. So it was very, um, it was very eye-opening. It was very eye-opening. That was, that was a big learning lesson for me. I'm glad you yeah. brought that up. So you mentioned with the contract. So uh, tell, tell, tell us the process of, of, of how it happened with the contract. Y'all just really um, signed it right in the air because y'all were looking for that great opportunity that, you know, it's, it's like a one you know, one shot deal or like what, what, what actually happened? Well, this is the thing. When we, well, okay, let me speak for myself. When I came into it, um, I was asked to be in a video. That's the approach um, that Hammer used with me. We met at Silks. Um, I told him I wanted him to show me how to do the cabbage patch. He said, meet me back here in a couple weeks. We met back. We hung out, we danced. I think he had Ace with him and I was with my, my girlfriends that I had gone to high school with, just hanging out. But at the end, he was like, hey, you know, I'm getting ready to do this video. You guys want to be in the video? It was my uh, friend Carla. And he was like, yeah, because again, this is what, 87, 88? And so videos are becoming popular. So the first thing yeah. we think is, oh yeah, we could be in a video. We could be in the cute outfit at the pool in the video, you know? So it was like, yeah, we'll be in the video. And he was like, oh, all right, well then um, I'll give you guys a call. So we gave him his, um, our numbers and uh, well, he had mine because we had met back at uh, Silks. But he called us and he said, we're gonna start rehearsal. Well, we were confused, like, what do we need to rehearse? Like, it's just a video, you know what I'm saying? So rehearsals turned into something very serious for him because he's trying to create um, a group and a stage um, show. Right. It didn't have anything to do with the video. So I came in saying yes to a video. And the next thing I know, I'm rehearsing for a group. 
not auditioning, I'm rehearsing. So yeah, myself, Carla and Ace, we were the dancers. And then Carla was deciding to leave, Lil P came and then Terrible T came. So now he's got four dancers and no video. We're still rehearsing and now performing around the Bay Area. So we're backup dancers. So now that we're backup dancers and the show is picking up momentum, he's getting attention, he's on the radio doing interviews, you know, spot date appearances. Um, now we have to sit down conversation at the Sizzler and he says, hey, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, and if we all work together, you know, we could all win and we can get our family homes and, you know, put our children in whatever schools and get cars. And he's like, okay, because at this point we hadn't been paid. We were not getting paid. We're rehearsing long hours, not getting paid. So then it, it finally blows up. He gets the deal with Capitol Records. Capitol says, hey, we love you, but we don't want just you. Who else you got? So now he comes up with two other groups, Ace Juice and O-Town 357. But he didn't have O-Town's 357. He had the name. So now this is where we go into auditioning for who O-Town's 357 is going to be. You see what I'm saying? So he's rehearsing or auditioning for girls. um, And he had, I guess, a group or whatever that he thought was going to work. They didn't. Like I said, he ended up hearing Lil P, his mind clicked into something else, and then here we go. So contracts we did not have just yet. We didn't have them just yet. What happened is we got the opportunity to be on Arsenio Hall. We're on the plane on the way to Arsenio Hall. It was uh, everybody. Just everybody at that original um, Pump It Up video. Everybody's on the plane. And Louis Burrell says, here's y'all's contracts, so y'all need to sign these before we land. If you do not sign them before we land, when we land, we'll be sending your ass back to Oakland. So for us, it was like, I'm going to speak for me again, for me. I've been with this for a year or more now. I've invested. Let me get in here and I can change it. And I would tell anybody, don't ever do that. If it ever starts out shady, you step away. You remain in control at all times. You step away. Yeah, because you can't change. That was like him basically saying, that was like him basically saying, okay, sign us before we land. We're going to open up this, this, and we'll give you a parachute. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Where was Hammer, though? Where was Hammer with all of this? He was on the plane when this was happening. No, I mean, like, just in general, like, all this stuff with Louis Burrell, like, what was his position on this stuff? He was going along with it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of stuff changed when he brought his brother in to help manage and navigate all that because Lewis is a master negotiator when it comes to contracts. So that was the reason that he brought him in. But once that dynamic of Lewis Burrell came in, a lot of stuff changed with Hammer's dynamic with us. You know what I'm saying? So it's okay. I mean, I, I, I have reconciled it because we were all young. We were all naive. There's a hunger there. Um, there is a willingness to sacrifice a lot at that time, but at the same time, this is what happened. So this is not to make Hammer look bad or Lewis look bad. Right, 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 right. You, you know what I'm saying? This is what you did, and this is what I said yes to. Yes, right. I did, because I thought the the more I improved um, as an artist, as a dancer, as someone who writes, um, the more respect we would get. You know what I'm saying? The more control we would get. Um, and that did open up when we did the second album. Um, 
fully loaded. It opened up, but again, there was still a whole lot of pieces and, and strings they were pulling when it came to videos. You know, turn it up, they're like, no, we're not gonna do the dance sequence. We had to fight for that. Honey, you guys gotta wear lingerie. I had to fight for that. So it was always something, even though they gave you a little bit more, there was always something you had to come back and say, listen, you know what I mean? Because we were never at the table to negotiate for ourselves. It was just always, okay, this is what y'all need. We'll, we'll tell them what to do and they're gonna get it done. You know, so yeah. That's unfortunate. You know, we have we have had a number of artists that we've had come on the podcast. And one of the questions I often ask them is, you know, has the, the, has the music business turned you off from the business of actually making music? <laughs> no. no. It really hasn't. It just makes you very cautious of who you work with. You know what I'm saying? Um, my son, my oldest son, who was at the time a child when I was doing that, he's 36. He just got his degree um, for music production. My 18-year-old is now going to college. Well, please, let's make sure we can pay his way through. But he's in college, um, and he's going to be taking sound recording engineering. Uh-oh. I, I love music. Pine Bluff, right? Yes. Yes, sir. Exactly. So um, I love music. They love music. So I wouldn't stop them from um, creating, but I would help them understand this is what you, you own. This is your course. Right. And I don't care how a person says they can help you. You make sure you have them understand what you need help with. You don't need them like they need you. They can't have that that belongs to you. You know what I'm saying? So those are the things I would share with them. So. Um, when a person tells you, I gave you this opportunity, no, mm-mm. you invited me. Mm-hmm. I said, yes, that's what I'm saying. And because I behaved a certain way, another door was open because Capital was looking at that. Capital could have said, we don't like this first album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, true. we don't like the look of the girls. We don't like, they could have said anything, but because we stepped up to the plate and made it what it was, you know what I'm saying? Hammer didn't create the choreography. He didn't write all the lyrics. He didn't. So I'm like, what are you saying? You know what I mean? But when you understand that and it's a little too late, you know what I'm saying? Then it just becomes a constant contention for you to prove your point always. So yeah, yeah sure. I, I just think for us, um, it is unfortunate. People do have um, these kind kind of experiences like all the time. And yeah. it's sad because like nobody's telling you. Yeah. You know? What, yeah. Nobody's what, telling you what, before what, you get in the door. Hey. Uh, say that again. What, I said, uh, what's Hammer's work ethic like? Like it's is urban legend has it that he's like a workaholic. Is that, that true? Yeah. 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 It Shoot, is. the way he was I sweating think it works though. though um just the just them dance rehearsals, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> that man jumped in the pool or something. You're like, oh my god, my wig about to fall off. Man, but, uh, man, y'all was at hundred no, miles an hour every show. Every show was hundred miles an hour. But now you see why we wore what we wore. You know, what right? I'm exactly. Yeah. Because you exactly. have to have something that's gonna be able to. Um, to handle that but if we had not rehearsed that way we wouldn't have been able to deliver the way that we did he is a workaholic when he wants it right and then he wants you be, to be able to um deliver you know what i mean right. so if it's a 30 45 minute show or hour show you can't look tired 20 minutes in 
how you gonna make it an hour? You know what I mean? So yeah, we worked hard. We worked long hours. We we made sure that, as people say, you don't look at the person to your right or to your left. You're not looking at them to see what they're doing. Right. You know, what's the next move? No, it's you. You gotta know what you're doing. You gotta listen to that music. You gotta listen to what he's saying and follow those cues. So I think it was really good for us because um, it made it second nature for us. And then we started to gel, you know what I'm saying? And then we could look at each other and be like, okay, let's do this. So we were able to play with it. Um, and one thing we did learn through all of that was to stay out of his way. Because if you ever got too close, oh my God, somebody was getting bruised, somebody was getting hurt. It just, you just needed to stay. He was handling. 50 feet, yeah. So, it was a lot. When you said 50 feet, that's why Hammer said, you can't touch this. You didn't want to touch it. You know what? Bop you upside the head or kick you or something. So, yeah. You know what's funny, though? Yeah. I always felt that, like, okay, a lot of people probably didn't didn't see it this way, but I'm sure y'all, y'all definitely would agree. Hammer's first album came out 87. Your mm-hmm. first eight album came out 89. Mm-hmm. Vanilla Ice album came out the year after your 1990s first album. And I always felt that Vanilla Ice had a cheat code as far as dancing. Because you had MC Hammer and you and MC Hammer had y'all. Yeah. And what and even to this day, yeah. y'all, y'all, if y'all do the tape, look at his Vanilla Ice videos, he mixed. MC Hammer's steps and your <laughs> steps, and then he did like a G Kundo. You know how like Bruce Lee created his own style? He basically borrowed yeah. 99.9% of your stuff, and then put the 0.1% of his own little small fraction of stuff, and, and then just. But really, it was just your stuff. He was just yeah. a different, a different hero. He was just a different color. But know? that's historical. That's, that that's historical. That's yeah. what is it? Um, Elvis Presley. I was yeah. to the same thing that don't don't a lot of things we do get involved yeah. in. Yep. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna tell you guys, this is what's funny to me. So you bring up vanilla ice, but have you guys seen these videos with the Asian people doing the running man? I have. Have y'all seen that? Yeah, I have. I have. Mm-hmm. Look okay. at that, right? It's the same yeah. thing. They make it act like they're okay. really working out and we're gonna do it in a whole group and we're gonna do I'm like this is the running man you guys like <laughs> but they have viral videos of them working out in these big courtyards with hundreds of people like it's the newest thing I'm like okay so this is what we doing yeah the beast man they always stealing something they they know. Know. Beat, though. have you seen the thriller one no. When they, do, they, they got one where they do Thriller. They don't miss a step. You, Are you serious? <laughs> you, you would be proud. Hey, did you did you in fact change your name? I did. I did. I changed my name um, 20 years ago okay. when I became Muslim. Mm-hmm. Oh, salam alaikum, sir. Well, alaikum salam. Yes, Eat Mubarak. It was just Eat, too. My husband told me, yeah. So, yeah, I did. I changed my name back then. How how were the other sisters doing? Lil P and Terrible T? They are doing well. I speak to Lil P all the time. Terrible T, um, I'm sure she's doing well. We haven't been in touch for a while. But they're doing really good, you know. They're moms and wives and, you know, doing that thing. Um, And I think the last thing we did together was the the Tom Joyner Cruise. Fantastic Voyage. 
Mm-hmm. I was bad. I can imagine that 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 draws a lot of people, man. You know, we that had to be that had to be an experience. That had to be an experience. For like three years, we we just wanted to be on that cruise. I don't know how. Oh, I do not. One of the guys here, who's a good friend of mine, D. Ellis, he's a comedian here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, but he's been on the cruise several times, like every year for five or six years, something like that. So he kept saying, "I'm gonna try to get you on a cruise." He said, "I'm gonna get you on a cruise," like just me by myself. So I was telling the girls, I was like, "What if we all could do it?" And finally, uh, Lady of Rage reached out. And she said, hey, they want to do the ladies' night again. And I thought about you, sis. She said, would you guys be interested? I was like, shoot, yeah. So we all got to do it. I think that was 2019. It was amazing. It was amazing. So, yeah, I'm going to miss it this year, but I don't want to be on that ship and people be doing COVID and stuff. I don't know what they're going to be. A few years ago, you got invited to the Women's Hip Hop uh, award gala. How, how was that experience? In New York? In New York, yeah. How was that experience? Amazing. Talk about that a little bit. Who invited you? Amazing. You guys. Okay, this is why it was so amazing to me. You have to realize when we were with Hammer, there was not a lot of connectivity with female to female. Mm-hmm. Um, that was other artists. Uh, other female artists in the hip hop industry. Um, again, that dissension was kind of like set up, like we couldn't get along. No, that's not true. Right. Um, and then, as far as the males, there was a, a a deliberate act to keep us a deliberate effort to keep us not communicating with the guys in the industry as well, because they felt uh, um, in the Hammer uh, organization. If the female was um, compromised, now this dude would know what was going on in the organization. So their whole thing was to keep us separated. So by the time this women's uh, woman of hip hop conference comes along, it's for a whole weekend. Shaw Rock reached out to me. She's like, "I'd really love for you to go." I'm like, "Yes, why?" Because I've never been around these females before. I get to meet these women for real in person. Oh my god, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was very uh, personable. Um, I mean, Roxanne Shante was there, Sparky D. Uh, who else? Bahamadia was there. Nikki D was there. I got to meet some women I had never met before. You know what I'm saying? And they were very gracious. But I had to tell them, I said, y'all have to forgive me because I didn't get to do this 30 years ago. So I'm going to be taking pictures. I'm going to be hugging you know what I mean? And I'm a hugger. I was like, don't be hugging, don't be afraid because, and I had I had told Terrible T and Lil P that we were invited, they couldn't make it. I said, well, I have to go and represent. Yeah, I gotta go and represent because what would it look like if I'm not there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think Barnes was there too. So it was me and D Barnes from the West Coast. Wow. I think that was it. Yeah, so I had to go and represent. But when I tell you amazing, that was something awesome that she did. Yeah, that, that was good. That was good for Shaw Rock. Let me tell y'all right quick. I got to speak to uh, Cool Herc. Are you kidding me? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be cracking with him. <laughs> Listen. Girl, we'll we danced. Nice. We danced. Yeah. We danced you and took a picture of all of that. Yeah. Cool, cool Herc's yeah. workability is like, like it was he's very emblematical where hip hop is. Like he mm. just he's, he's he wears it yeah. on him. 
Are you 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 know what? I was listening to you talking about. Yeah. Huh? I said. No, I was gonna say. Let me say. Let me say this real quick. He's he's kind of like the the father figure, of course. But I remember after one of the, um, it was a luncheon or something that Shot Rock had set up, and we were leaving. She had just introduced me as, you know, this is MC Hammer's back of dancer, this is Sweet LD of Oaktown, Street Five Seven. She's all the way here from Texas, via California, blah 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 blah. And so I just want her to come up and say a few words. So I did. I said thank you, da da da. And when it was over, he came up to me. He said, Why you didn't tell me who you were? And I said, But I did, because I met him a couple of days before that um, event for the whole weekend. I was like, but I did. He said, no, you didn't explain to me who you were. I was like, well, I'm sorry. Because I thought he understood, you know. I was like, oh, Lord, I feel like I'm in trouble. So he said, well, where are the other girls? I said, they couldn't make it. He said, well, what are you guys doing? I said, well, you know, I'm just trying to be here and represent. He said, no, what y'all doing? I was like, no. I said, well, nothing right now. He said, okay, I'm going to say, I don't want nobody here with that. But he said, um, Y'all need to stop effing around and get your ish together. Get out here and do what you need to be doing. Right, sis. That sounds like cool. And then here I am offering excuses. Well, I've tried, but I, he's like, I, I don't want to hear none of that. Yeah, stop effing around. Y'all need, need it out there. Get your ish together. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. a lot of veterans, a lot of... A lot of old artists, a lot of artists that I love from the 90s, even the 80s, are still making music, man. So there's a, there's a yeah. lane for everybody. There's a yeah. lane for everybody. So. I was I was saying, it sounded like um, Hammer and his brother was running busting records like the mafia. <laughs> like they were ruling. <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably, they probably busting heads too. Nobody talking to no female
Listen, I used to watch Soul Train, Gladys Knight, all of that. And so you always want to be on that show to dance with the dancers. You never think you're going to be on that show on that stage. So I think everybody felt pressure because it was just like when we performed at the Apollo. Like, who does that? You know what I'm saying? Are you serious right now? So we kept pinching ourselves. We was like, are we really here? This is so tragic. Don Cornelius, I was so nervous. I swear the whole time we were nervous, but we did it with Hammer. It was amazing. Then when we came, he did the interview. You know, Don Cornelius does that, the uh, interview. Yeah. At, so we're standing there like, are we going to be able to even talk? <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's like, this is Sweet LD. So I'm like, oh, this, I'm, I'm Sweet LD. You know, we're trying to make it together, but we did it and it was amazing. It was like, I've never forgotten that. That was like so amazing to me. So when he passed away, the way he did, I just felt devastated. Like, did he not know that everybody loved him? Like, dude, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so I took that, like, I feel like if when people go that way, I feel like maybe they just needed a hug. Maybe if I just could have hugged him, you know, they could have felt that picture or something. But I, he might have just been going through it. But just to have that man stand there and talk to me, oh my God. Like, that's, and then we went back. We went back with me and Terrible T and our dancers. Are you kidding me? Like, I saw that performance too, I remember. Yeah, I get chills about that, but that was one of the, uh, um, that was one of our most, I'ma say my most proudest moments. Like, you really literally just did that. You've been on Soul Train twice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Your group with MC, like, who does that? Listen, and we was cute. Like we we had on the suits, you know, the shorts with the ties and the blazers and hair flying everywhere. My weave was too long, but still, you know, <laughs> we had a good time. That weave was all in my face the whole show. I was like, Lord help me, but it was fun. I mean, it was it was amazing. So I've never forgotten that. One. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. You have so many experiences, so many different icebreakers and things that you can share with people that it's like memorable moments. Like, it's not too many people that can say, you know, I shared the stage with MC Hammer. Right, that's a fact. That's a fact. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Heavy D. Heavy D. Heavy D. Oh, yeah. He was oh. a great dancer, too. Yeah. That, that's a big dude that was very light on his feet. He was. He was, and he can make the moves look real smooth. He was. So yeah, he was dope. Yeah, but we did. We had a lot of blood shows. I can't complain. Um, and these are when I'm telling these stories. Is my complaints is just what we went through. That's just what happened. Right. Sure. So it's the good, bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, you know, I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing. I mean, your your honesty with it because you know sometimes we have people come on and they they paint an experience of things being rosy. Then then when we turn the camera off, you know, we get the real story from them. <laughs> the real story's already on display. You know, and they tell you the Hollywood version, but I'm telling you the whole, you know, yeah. what I'm saying? the TMZ yeah. and the and the Hollywood is all of it. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, matter. You guys, listen. I will be. What is this? I'm, uh, um, today's the twenty third. That's right. Your birthday's on twenty yes. ninth. I know. I know. I know. 
Yes, thank you. I'll be 57. I'm almost 60. What do I care that people are having an issue with what I'm saying? I don't care. Hold on. They were in You know what I'm saying? Are you serious? Listen, this is true. I don't care because they were not there. So, I mean, why am I going to bite my tongue when you weren't there? I don't, I don't care about these people. You must drink a lot of water. You drink a lot of water? Yo, son, she drink water. She people walks. She's doing mm-hmm. fitness. She's using olive oil. She's using everything. Look, she's beautiful. You kidding me? Yeah. 57? Jesus, Louise. Yes, yes, yes. God is good. And that's what I'm saying. Everything we went through, it was, it was very stressful. That was very emotional mm-hmm. for everybody because... You, I, I keep saying we got into it, we were grateful, and we felt like if we get in here and we just knock it out, they're going to give us respect. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hey, these girls is dope, right? That didn't work. So by the time it ended, they literally said to us, this is your last check. It's done. It's over. That's how it ended. What? So me and Terrible T are looking at each other like, how do you do that? If the ship is sinking, we was here when, we, when it started. You know what I'm saying? So don't let go of the first group that got you where you are. So we had to deal with that whole fallout, figuring it out because it was like that. So now you're back to, I gotta go to school, I gotta get a regular job, I still gotta take care of my son, how am I gonna pay my rent, my car note, had to move, I had to move home home with my mom. So it was a lot that we had to deal with, but that does a lot of stress to your body. You know what I'm saying? And some people don't handle it well. So we found our own way to come out of it, um, I did, and it was just literally, it was Islam. I remember going home and just talking to my mom, I was like, listen, where's the Quran? Read it from cover to cover, just to get me through, because it was just a lot I had to debrief or get off or something. I forget the word when you debrief in some people. When they go through some stressful, is it debrief? Probably a cleanse. But, um, the year, you know, you had to, I had to get it out because there was so much we had taken on just to make it through, you know, and do what we did. So you had to get it out now because now you're not obligated to show up to rehearse or deal with these people anymore. So um, that took a while. So now we're looking at 2021 and I still feel good. I feel even better. But that's why at this point, I'm not going to bite my tongue. Like, for what? And they carry around wrinkles and stuff, you know. No, what was that rationale though? When they come to you and they say like this is the this is the last check, you know, there's nothing left after this. Like, what explanation do they give you for as as to why things are ending? Because outside appearances to everybody else, we looking at this like your yeah, hammers on top of the world, you know, Oaktown three three fifty seven. Y'all doing it right. just looked like y'all was millionaires. Like everybody was balling. No, you're never millionaires like that. We were never millionaires like that. So we had enough to take care of our families, pay rent, pay your car note, those kinds of things. Save some money if you could, you know what I'm saying? Um, But we were never millionaires. He was the one that was making, you know, quite a bit of money. But there was no explanation. The check was given to us and say, you know, they they called us down to the studio. Here's the last check. You know, it's over. That's it. Um, It wasn't even said that nicely. So we were like, what you mean it's over? And you know, it's over MF system, that's it. We was like, well, dang. So later on, we found out that there was some issues with the money. There was some other things going on that were not um, handled properly. And so they were now feeling the brunt of it. They couldn't continue to cover it up. 
And so there was a rift between the brothers. There was money's missing. You know, there was a lot of going, lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. And keep in mind, they never brought us to the table to explain anything. Everything was done behind the scenes, decisions, whatever moves. And then they would come and tell us, y'all have a video. This what the videos to this song. This is the treatment. You know what I'm saying? So it was always that kind of dynamic. Um, but yeah, so when it ended, it, like I said, it was one day we're on tour. They take us off tour. They send us home. I think we were home maybe two or three months. And then when they came back, that was the conversation. So we just had to deal with it. You know, and so some people, they spiral because they're so accustomed to the limelight or the money or whatever. And so they spiral out of control. And for me, I just had to sit down. I was like, listen. So over the years, it's been a cleansing. I tell the stories. I share with people who were there, who were in the organization, who went through some of the same things um, or maybe experienced something similar, but a little bit different because they weren't artists. But we share those stories. And then it's like, there's a release. You know what I'm saying? So I'm 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 in a, I'm definitely in a better place. But if anyone hears this podcast and they see me and they hear me saying these things, I understand they respect Tamara. I respect Tamara. He did some amazing things. He didn't do it by himself. Okay, I was there. So I can't paint a picture for you because you want to be comfortable in what you believe about him. Continue to believe it. But I was there. You know what I'm saying? And so these things happen to me. I have to accept it as true because I said yes to it. I allowed some of those things, you know what I'm saying? Unbeknownst to me when I said yes, but I'm working through that. You know what I'm saying? So wow. I'm too what, old for that. What's the best advice that MC Hammer ever, ever, ever gave you? I'm sorry, say that again. What's the best word of advice that MC Hammer, you know, gave y'all or gave you? Mm, or was it more? Or was it more nonverbal? Was it more nonverbal? And you just had to watch, like you said, you had to watch the moves, the, the moves that were made nonverbally, and you have your own, you know, closure from that. I would say that it is nonverbal. I know he did apologize about a lot of this stuff. It was never um, the whole conversation of what happened. You know, this is what happened. This is why this happened. So and so did this to me, or I'm had to make this decision. It was really never that. It was just an apology, which I respect him for that. But I think um, what the experience taught me is what I've said before. You have to believe in yourself to the point that you protect yourself. And some of us believe in ourselves enough to trust someone else that they're gonna take care of us. And that's not the case. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. if you see that that's happening um, on a consistent basis, that you are not being um, recognized or acknowledged or accepted or considered, included in anything that's about you, why are you there? And some of us are afraid to leave. So some battles you can, depending on what they are, you can insert yourself and, and change it from the inside out. Um, some of them, you don't need to be in that. You just do not need to be in that. You right. know what I'm saying? So that discernment is what you have to learn. And if your focus is always you first, you'll be able to tell the difference. So, yeah. Well, you have a, you have a phenomenal story. Y'all need an unsung. 
Oh, please don't say that. <laughs> this, you have, you have, this is an amazing story. Everything that you share with us, I'm just like, I'm, I, I, you know what? Yeah, I'm yeah, say this. I don't think Unsung wants to do a story on Motown 357, and I'm okay with that. We have been on Unsung via other people's stories. They had the nerve. Are they going to see this podcast? Because I'm going to say it. They have the nerve to use a picture of Oaktown's 357 while telling Misha Lay's story. They never approached us to say, is it okay if we include you in her story? Is it okay wow. if we use your picture in this episode? Is it okay? They ain't said a word to me then, now, nothing. So when it was shared with me, um, somebody took a screenshot and said, we're watching Uns Unsung, Michelet, y'all was on, on on Unsung. I was like, how are we on there? You know, so they took a picture of the TV uh, screen and sent it to me. And they got this really cute picture of me and Terrible T on the show for Michelet. So I put a nice little blurb, like, oh, okay, this is the only way we're gonna get on your show. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm great. great. But we've had people reach out to the producers you know, hashtag unsung, you know, Duo Towns 357. I, listen, I don't need you to help me tell my story. If you're not interested, I'm not interested. So, you know. and that goes back to, again, what I said is you have to know your value. If they make you feel like you need them to tell your story, then they can hold that over you. And people are going to constantly send them, hey, we want to see unsung, we want to see this one. No, y'all keep it. It's not that serious. I got to speak to Don Cornelius. I was on the Apollo. You know, I done met some people. So I'm good. You know, y'all came out way after Oaktown's 357. <laughs> Would you ever you know want to step saying? into the arena of reality TV? If the, of course, no. if the deal was right, or you'd rather just not even get, get involved with that? It, because I don't think they give people the right control. They're gonna tell that story and 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 create drama where there is none and misrepresent you. Yeah, I cannot. I'm not for what? That's already happened to me. That's that's literally already happened to me because people think we're the reason Hammer lost all his money. I don't have no access to his checking account. You know, I don't I don't have access. I wasn't making money decisions for him. He didn't come to me and consult me for financial advice. So how am I, me and Terrible T, the reason he lost all his money? Hmm. It's how he, the story when people ask him, bro, you had $30 million, what happened? Well, you know, I was taking care of people and, you know, I, I had all these employees and I wasn't hey, feeding you them. A giant, a giant entourage. All well, in listen, listen. If you're getting paid by operation, do you cause them to lose money?
So, um, yeah, he didn't have to save me. I wasn't on drugs. I wasn't selling drugs. I wasn't prostituting. I wasn't, um, you know, on right. hard times. It wasn't like that. My talent as a dancer is something he was attracted to. And he said, do you want to be in the video? And I said, yes. That's not an opportunity. That's an invitation. Right. See, and people say, well, he gave you this opportunity. No. We created the opportunity because we were there to fill a need for him. Exactly. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to paint him to be a past that person, but I just get a little uh, curious as to why people think we should be blamed. Yeah. Mm. That's because every time we talk the narrative that's been created, but it's, it's true what you said. You probably wouldn't even got that invite if he didn't find value in what it is that y'all brought to the table. Right. Thank you. Sounds I wouldn't like stay around. It, 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 I, we wouldn't have stayed around if we were not able to do and step up to the plate of everything that was asked of us we wouldn't have been there we would not have been there because it was not about putting out something just to get the money it was making sure that what you put out was able to withstand whatever it was was expected you know what I'm saying and we surpassed that every single time me and Todd worked our asses off so yeah I mean he apologized but I still have to answer the people who think we're the reason he lost his money you know or <laughs> Ridiculous. that were bitter or I'm not bitter like you know if you ask me what happened I'm gonna tell you yeah you know but we're good <laughs> now I talk to Hammer you know we keep in touch uh, text every now and then phone calls you know reminiscing laughing about the good times you know whatever I can give him a hard time but to me that's an era from 87 to 93 I believe it is where we had all these young people come together to do something that was very amazing. They had no idea that that was going to happen. Now they're having to be accountable for themselves, other people, and this whole episode of awesomeness. That's a lot. You know what I'm saying? So when you realize the vulnerability, you know what I'm saying? When you realize we didn't know what the hell we was doing. You know what I mean? Right. Well, we making it happen. Yeah, we was babies. So we've grown up together. That's a sense of family for me. You know, all of them. If I like them or not, this is a sense of family for me. You and know that, what I'm saying? So, go ahead. That's the story, and that's, I think, the narrative. You just you just said exactly what it was. That, you know, that story of when you get a whole bunch of young people that come together, take yeah. off, and it grows, and you know what? The art becomes... The art is actually before the business. It is. It is. The business, what happens is that the business takes off, you yeah. know, and people weren't ready to be able to actually handle the yeah. business. It was a lot, really quickly. Yes, yeah. it was a lot, you know. And then even for us to be that young, like I said, I was 23, I believe, 23. So just imagine, I think Lil P was probably 19. Yeah, and Tab was like, Terrible T was like 17, 18. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, we're babies. We're still trying to figure it out. So, yeah, that's all. Wow. Hey, sis, let me ask you this, man. What's the last book you read that you could recommend us? Oh, my God. Um, let me look it up. But it's, it's one that um, it was gifted to me. Is it action? 
Oh, guys, I can't remember. I'm not, y'all gonna make me have to go get it. You, you know what the um, but it's something that you do, huh? No, no, get it. Say that. No, I'm gonna go get the book because I think everybody should read it only because it helps you figure out how to improve a little bit at a time every single day. Do you know? Y'all know what book I'm talking about? Y'all know. No, what I don't. Yeah. No. Dang but what, the book I was gonna suggest is: Have you ever read? Um, uh, I think Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. She talks huh. a lot about vulnerability in that book. That's a great book. Yeah. Okay. I have to check her out. I might have to text her out what that book is. I'll take a screenshot of it and send it to you guys. But yeah, it's that's the most recent book I'm reading right now. Okay. Oh, and Go For No. That's another one. Go For No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, this is this has been a this has been a history lesson. <laughs> this has been eye open. I really enjoyed this interview, and I enjoyed your your honesty. And you know, me growing up in the growing up in the East Coast, you know, and listening to a lot of the West Coast music, I knew the music, but I didn't really know so much as the backstory. Uh, right. And and even a couple of interviews we've been fortunate enough to have a lot of people that were considered to be West Coast artists come on and talk to us about like the history of hip hop as it relates to um, the West Coast. Like we had Turbo from Breaking come on, and we talked to him, and he was. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. yeah. Nice. So now to have you come on, share your story, and tell us all this stuff. Like I, I never knew Bust Busted Records was like soprano records. That <laughs> 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 it was grand. Like that. I'm like, oh man, this is boy. Yeah, like they were over there, son. <laughs> they were serious, but it was it was because Hammer would do songs like Help the Children, oh. or That's Why We Pray. You know what I mean? So you wouldn't expect oh, it to be like soprano ish. You know what I'm saying? But them dudes got down, let me tell you. Yeah. I, I, I heard, I've heard stories, though. I've heard stories about Hammer. Like, I heard uh, Red Man, I think, told a story about Hammer. <laughs> and they keep saying that Hammer, Hammer was notorious for pressing people. Like, if people try to clown him, Hammer catch him backstage and press him when they come to the Bay Area to perform. And all of them, like Red Man said in the story, he was like, yeah, I'm not gonna find." He was like, I, I had to back down from Hammer. He was like, Hammer, no joke. So Hammer name ring off in the streets. He could dance, but apparently he oh, could yeah. dance. Oh, thank you. He didn't play about that. And I think it was important because like I said, the music that he was doing, the show that he presented, um, the way he spoke and he carried himself, it would be off-putting. Like people would think like, you can say something about him and you know, he's just gonna take it. and. No, you would have to answer for that. I'm telling you guys, we went to um, LA. I don't remember what video we were supposed to be shooting, but Mike Conception pulled up. They rolled up and they got out the car and they had, they was packing. And we had to hurry up and rush into this, this room to hide from them. And then, yeah, there was, there was weapons brought to us to handle the situation. So yeah, we were. Um, it was a lot. It was a whole bunch. Trust me. Yeah, so no, very close calls out there. <laughs> very close calls. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah, it's been interesting. Trust me, it was. It was a nice learning lesson. I'm telling you, it really was. Yeah. When is that? When is that second book coming? Um, I was told that I have to have that book completed by November. And, and really, my middle name should be procrastination, but I'm not really trying to work on it and have it done before November. 
was tired in case of the- she's watching or listening. <laughs> I do have the title and I have some of the, the content, but it's left me on red. That's what it's called. Ooh, oh, okay. all right. I like that. Dope. I like, I like that. that. Yeah, it's yeah, catchy. I like that. That should be dope. Thank man. you. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. It, has, it has a nice, a nice ring to it. Yeah. Yes, it's the truth. When people leave you on, <laughs> they read when the text messages. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So for the crazy. book, you left me on red, which means you actually read it. You know what I'm saying, and you've enjoyed it. So yeah, that's what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, don't you. Don't I got that part. I'm just finishing up the rest of the book. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. What did you? Say? You huh? got to start somewhere, right? That's true. I got that part. Yes. Yeah. Well, sweet LD, thank you. We appreciate you joining us this evening. Thank you, guys. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to thank sit down. Thank you so down. much. Y'all take care, and I'll text you guys the uh, book information because I want y'all to know what that is. 